0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Unafraid podcast, and today it's also kind of a video podcast, which is fun. We don't always do these, um, so this will be up on YouTube and Facebook wherever you like to uh, to watch it. But welcome everyone! It's really good to see you again. I'm Jay, of course. You all know me by now. I've been here for so long, it seems, in the house all alone with COVID happening everywhere um but things are going good i I think that this is episode 43 44 something like that we're we're getting up there in the numbers uh, and i'm still having a great time i'm still incredibly grateful to the show's sponsor rebecca jonesy uh, who is a good friend and a fiction author she writes fantasy she writes erotic fiction. She writes all sorts of cool stuff, so I'll I'll make sure that uh, her link is right in the episode description, but Rebecca really is the one that keeps this show going and and lets me uh, uh, sit here in my my little uh, hobbit hole in the basement and do this. Let's see if there's anything big going on. There is something big going on that I don't know a whole lot about just yet. I've been seeing over the last couple of days um, a lot of things to do with uh, violence against uh, Asian people, and um, I don't, I don't have half the story about that. But um, you know, if if you're out there, if you're of Asian descent, I'm so sorry this is happening to you, um, and for everyone else around you, I hope that there are a lot of allies that are going to step up. And say that this is not okay. Um, if you see some kind of harassment happening, um, please, the safest things to do is contact the authorities immediately. Um, if you're the type of person to rush in, well, more more power to you. Uh, I'm not going to hold you back there either. But uh, I'm so sorry that this is happening, and um, I really hope that it, it stops soon. But it it's just ridiculous. After after everything we've endured, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be this kind of thing happening. So, well. We have a brand new and wonderful guest on the on the show today, uh, which I'm really excited to talk to. Uh, you know, it, it's actually autumn's parrots that we're going to be talking to today. I, I think <laughs> are those cockatiels, or what do you have it's, over there? It's
1: cockatiels. Yeah, cockatiels. they're they're both over 30, so they like to to have it out in the day. They'll argue with each other, and it's. I'm
0: mess. I'm I'm here for it. I I love birds. I I don't currently own any any birds. I'm I'm a vet tech, and and so I would oh. always bring birds home from work. And I don't have any at the moment, but absolutely love them. I and mean, they make uh, they make life so cool. They really do. I love their noises. Like, yeah. So, but Autumn, how are you?
1: I'm okay. I'm okay. And how are you?
0: I'm doing very well. Doing very well. And I've got Baby Yoda looking over my my shoulder there, oh, making the sure solar. we stay on track. Um, <laughs> You know, and so I don't know Autumn well. Uh, she is one of those guests that, you know, that I, I kind of cold called online and it worked out that we could connect. But so I've, I've, I've done a little bit of research on, on Autumn and you do a lot. You do a lot of stuff. I'm more than I can just yeah. easily list. Can you tell me a little bit about who you are?
1: Uh, so I, I, I don't. I'm a me. I'm not sure what what that means, but like a lot of people can introduce themselves and be like, "Oh yeah, like I'm Autumn Ivy, and I I'm the you know singer songwriter, like or whatever the case." I I can't do that. Do you write I just do too? St- I, I have before, but they they're really angsty. Like it's nothing it's nothing worth reading. But yes, um, no, but I mean, just for example, like you get direct stuff, and I it's very hard for me to tell people what I do. Because I do so much, Um, you know, I I do acting stuff, both with voice, so vocally, as well as in person, Um, I've done, my God, I stream, I write, I've been in a few voiceovers for video games, Uh, I finished narrating a couple of books for people for other authors. Um, you know, I draw, um, when I have time, of course I write, so it's, it's a lot of, a little of everything, <laughs> a lot of little.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, in, <laughs> I think you're, you may be, I mean, you're, you're saying a lot, but we're, we're not even scratching the surface and you are considered an, a social media influencer as well. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people are, are watching you and seeing what you do and watching your videos. I mean. This is not a, a small deal. You know, you make a big impact in a lot of people's lives, right?
1: That's such a weird, that's just, it's a, that's a weird concept for me. Like, well, cause you said that nearly like, put your influence too. I'm like, I just put stuff I like to do on the yeah. internet and sometimes people like it too. I don't know.
0: Well, I'll, I'll um, tell you what, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to post, a, I'm going to share a picture here in just a second because okay. you know, anybody can post a lot of pictures on Instagram. I post a lot of pictures of my dog on on Instagram. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. However, not a lot of people have fan art that's made um, about them. And I'm sure you can see where this is going. I just want to say that this is, this is real here. Oh, well, see if I can. See, now I'm in the, the screen situation where I couldn't figure it out before. Here a- we go. Here we go. This oh, yeah. is... I mean, this is Autumn Ivy, the amazing badass real person, and then another incredible fan art. I mean holy- I, I
1: remember this piece.
0: My dream come true. And I, I can't read the uh the artist name down there. I, I will I will uh post your name in the in the description, but holy cow. I mean you you have fan art. It's
1: I think my favorite thing is being able to put out photos that like someone wouldn't normally think about just literally like that that photo, God, when that photo went viral, I literally took that in like a, a quick 20 second split in my bathroom at the old house I was renting because I was like, okay, I got to post something. Like I need to keep track and stay accountable. And then now, you know, the next day you wake up and it's like gained weird traction just because you're like, yeah, I wanted to feel proud of myself. and. Oh you know um but from that there was so many cool artists that came forward and started making art pieces and like i'm i'm grateful for that and i don't know how to express how it makes me feel because it's just such a it's such a strange place to be to be like okay these people were so like artistically inspired that they wanted to take that and make something out of it yeah, you know and I've i've seen oh my god i've seen you know how in a comic book or, or in like a superhero movie, like you enter and you know that there's multiple universes and there's various options and these things have happened. Like I have seen myself in so many different universes <laughs> at this point and it's just, it, I, oh, it, it makes me feel really like happy that there was something created from that, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I, I have no idea what that feels like because never, no one's ever done that for me. And, you know, to my fans out there, I know I'm just a show host. But really, I could use something like that, too. I'm going to find a maybe. way to draw you something. Yes, I'll do it. I love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> just omit some of the chin that we've got going on. Uh, but, no, I, I, thought, I saw that. I thought, how amazing. And then the more I, I looked for things related to you, the more fan art I, I saw. I was like, wow, you... You are really inspiring people, and I think that that's amazing. And it and it's it's not just it's not because you're a beautiful woman or because you're a bodybuilder. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you drink ten gallons of water a day. No, no, that's that's not it. That's not it. Um, I I think a lot of it is is to do with that confidence and, and that sense of self worth. That many of us unfortunately are are lacking you know i I put on a good show for for the show when I'm here, but in in real life you know i i'm I'm sometimes you know somewhat more diminished, and I think that seeing someone who's so strong and and proud of that makes us feel good oh, sorry so I don't mean to make you uncomfortable i'm- I'm just kinda I'm giving you compliments and I know that can be no. a, a weird thing, but Um, it's
1: it's appreciated and it's I I'm receptive um it's just it's weird to to think about these things that you've done that to you in that moment you're just like yeah I just want to post this thing that made me feel good or like I wanted to you know to say something about this thing that made me feel this way and like it's it's jarring it's jarring that I've gotten emails over the last couple of years, especially not just from people who have been like you, you know, just, just seeing you put stuff out there and, and seeing you be yourself, you know, made me drop. I had one person lose 50 pounds over the last year. And I just like, it, it's so insane to think that just something so simple, the simplest action that you made in, in a moment created such a huge web that interconnected to other things that now this person is doing like their friends got to see them lose all that weight and do that work and and keep pushing forward through it and now that person affects you know 50 other people and I don't think that we take into consideration a lot of the time just how that one simple action and that one simple moment can make or break hundreds of hundreds of people that follow after us
0: What do you think now, because this seems like a realization that you've, you've made a little while ago. Do you think now that when you're about to post something or about to say something that you think about that at all before you do post something?
1: So some of my, my mental health brain bugs, the stuff I have going on force me to do that anyway, because I am, uh, I am an anxious wolf. So (laughs) I'm constantly thinking about like, How can this affect the next person down the line? Well, what about this or something like that? And it can be hard to keep up with that mindset, especially when it's so, you know, like this all the time, like there's always something going on. There's always something firing. And um, I would say that I have become over the last, probably the last couple of years, maybe the last three or so, like very conscious about why I post things I post. So not what effect it could necessarily have in that long term, but also what does this have a purpose? Like, okay. is this pushing something or, you know, is this basically saying, Hey, I feel good about myself. I'm going to throw this up here and I'm going to know that, you know, somebody else sees it and is like, hi, hey, I, I feel good about myself too. I'm going to do that too. You know? Uh,
0: I do. I, I get it. And I, I think that I've become a lot more conscious of, of what I post, even though I'm, I'm not an influencer by any means. I, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a broad reach. But, you know, for the, the people that I know are going to see my things, you know, family and, and friends that I mm-hmm. that I communicate one on one with, you know, I, I made the decision and it was during uh, the last presidency when, you know, there was just a lot of darkness and, um, you know, a lot of hate that was out there. And I was like, you know what, I I, I do agree with a lot of things that are being said, but I'm I'm only going to post things that I'm happy about you know, and, and even mm-hmm. if I'm very depressed, to would be like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really happy that this tomato plant is is growing outside. I don't know, whatever it is, you know, instead of saying, well, I really hate what's going on with the, the country. And in a way, I, I think I was trying to force myself to, to feel a little bit of that happiness. But for what, whatever reason I was doing it, I just, I didn't want to be part of the, you know, dragging other people the down. Discord. I mean, there was enough of it, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's where we get the argument for a lot of people to say, you know, you're expected to be positive and happy. Uh what what is what is the phrase people have been using? And and I it's it's both it's both the truth and garbage. Uh toxic positivity.
0: Oh, but toxic, no, toxic
1: positivity. And yeah. I'm like I and I I had somebody come in come into my inbox once upon a time ago, quite some time ago now, and try to tell me that I was toxically positive. I was, I was a, it was toxic positivity that I was spreading. And I'm like, did, did you miss the angsty poetry? Wait a minute. <laughs> um, but jokes aside, you know, it's such an interesting concept that somebody can want to present, you know, a, a very like linear view path forward and, and litter it with positivity and like good things, you know, something, So for for example, your tomato plant, something so simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. But we're now frowned upon for wanting to see things with a more positive light. Nobody ever said people like that didn't acknowledge the bad. They just don't make it their focal points. And that's why I don't necessarily conceptually agree with its pri- primary definition, whatever you want to call it but i also you know acknowledge that yeah there are some instances where we do need to say okay this bad thing happened this was a horrible thing we're going to acknowledge what we can do to better ourselves from that that's not being having toxic positivity that's literally just trying to find the path forward and that's where i think some people get stuck and i know for me my depression makes me that way
0: yeah so well and i th- i think that whatever the situation is, you can, it it all depends on how you want to present it and what the appropriate situation is, because some situations call for, for anger and and call for really brutal, straightforward uh, communication. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when the Black Lives Matter uh, um, thing really was blowing up last year and people didn't understand what was happening. And so there was a lot of hate going both ways. You know, I wasn't posting all cops are bastards. I I was, I was posting, you know, let's, let's support our our, our, um, black brothers and sisters and and non-binary people as much as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. And and it's not that it's not that I'm not necessarily saying the same thing. It's that I'm, I'm trying to do it in a, in a more uplifting way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't always work. And like I said, I don't have a a broad sphere of, of influence, but I don't know, it seemed better for my own mental health that way.
1: Right. And the other thing is is you you say and you've said it a few times too is like well I don't have that broad of an influence. Hmm. It's not about how broad your influence is. It's the fact that you cause influence every time you speak. Yeah. Like so I know I know in your mind maybe like you look at somebody with a platform of millions or you know somebody else with a platform of even thousands and you're like well I'm not quite at that level because I'm doing this thing I enjoy and I'm putting things out there that I know other people can benefit from. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: It doesn't matter how broad your, your influence is. What matters is that you are speaking with truth and you're doing the things that you believe in to have other people see them and go, yeah, I, I, you know, I vibe with this person. We're going to, you know, we're going to think about this thing today. You have a voice regardless. So, think maybe less about how broad it is and more about all of the lives that you are bettering for speaking in the first place.
0: You know what? You sound an awful lot like my therapist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. No,
0: don't apologize I mean I love her she's she's amazing, but no you're you're right, but you know, and I, I think that uh yeah, I, I do have a habit of diminishing myself. But yeah, this, and that's what this whole show is, is about really is it's just about us and finding ourselves and learning more about the, the queer community. And it's it's not about reaching millions of people. It's just about reaching people that want to hear it. So, yeah. but you're right. Thank you, Autumn. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, I love it when people could come on and, and, and school me a little bit about stuff and change the way I think about things. I think that's that's the way it should be.
1: Sometimes I think I think we don't take into consideration the little shifts in our brain that we need from an external source, you know, um, even if we struggle to listen to them. And, and we do. I know I'm guilty of it. One hundred percent. Like I can I can tell somebody all day long, like, hey, this is going to help the situation, but not take my own advice. <laughs> so sometimes it does help hearing it from someone else and and kind of stepping back and being like, no, no, wait a minute. Like they're right and then your brain's like oh but i guess they are and here's why so that can be super helpful
0: sometimes thank you thank you well and you being accused of toxic positivity that's i haven't even heard that phrase before toxic positivity but that's uh, <laughs> that's that's pretty good and but you you do you post a lot of really inspirational and encouraging thing i think that mm-hmm. encouraging is probably the the better word to to use to describe it but you know was there a time for you when when things didn't look like that, when you didn't have quite that same outlook, was there a dark period?
1: Every day. Every day? <laughs> That's, that doesn't go away. That doesn't just stop. I think people, people have this tendency to believe that if someone goes through a really, really bad period and it appears that they pop back from it, that that just means they moved on and they're all better now. Mental health is not clap your hands and you're suddenly better. Mental health is a fight every day that you have to get up and face. And it is up to you to remember that you have all of these weapons in your toolbox ready to go to work with you and help you and aid you. But you have to take the first step. So your question is, is, was there a time where I know, like now is time. I I am consistently trying to put, put up with with that stuff. I, I do what I do, and I post the things that I post, and the moments where I do feel strongly that way, because those are the moments that I hold on to, because those are the moments where I wouldn't want anybody to feel like I do at my very worst, and if they do feel like that, I, I understand, and they're not alone. That's what makes those so important.
0: So what's that What is the first step for you? Because it sounds like something you might be repeating every day. You know, what's your first step to not necessarily rising out of the depression? Because I I know that you don't really do that, but to getting through it.
1: Everybody is going to have a different method or a different um, process, right? So maybe some people have to lay in bed an extra 10 minutes and turn the the, the alarm off three more times, you know? The point is you're still getting out of bed you're damn it it's taken a minute but you go get there so for me you know i get up i have i i am a very procedural based person like i have the steps that i like to do things in so you know i'll, I'll go through my daily steps to start and i think one thing is is like i try to take a step back mentally from hey, these events happened yesterday. Like, I'll go through, I'll check my socials, I'll clear everything, I'll make sure I'm prepping my stuff for the day, whatever the case is. Um, But I would say I wake up sometimes uh, out of like PTSD startles. Um, I don't really know like what the technical term is, my therapist and I've talked about it. But like, I'll sometimes have panic attacks sleeping. So when I wake up, I wake up, jolted like my heart is in my throat and i just want to throw it up um and it's a really horrible way to wake up i know some of you out there like recognize that feeling and it it sucks so when i wake up startled the very first thing that i have to do is ground myself or find a way to ground myself so you know, we, we have a farm, so we have a lot of animals. So a lot of the time I'll be like, OK, my focus needs to go to taking care of of these guys because they need me right now. And I need to be here to, to do that. Not not back there or not way up here. Um, So I would I would say that a lot of the time I'll start with them. And on the days where, you know, there's not really a whole lot to do with them and it happens a little bit later, like I'll, I'll get up and I'll go make myself coffee because then I've got the heat of the cup. The scent of the coffee, the sound of it pouring into the cup—like it's taking a moment to put my brain back together with the five
0: senses. Okay. No, that all makes really, really good sense. And, and seriously, you really do sound like talking to my therapist. I, I it's, it's wonderful. Um, no, I, and it just because I, I don't know how to deal very well with with my own depression, and and so I've you know, I do little projects when it, when it gets bad, i find as many little projects around the house to do as I can. I do a lot of reading and, and it's like, if, if I distract my mind, it's not quite as bad. And, Mm -hmm. and I, and I've heard people criticized for that, you know, like, Oh, you should deal with a problem. I was like, I don't, don't really understand what this problem is like, obviously. But, um, But yeah, that's that's interesting to kind of know some of your method Um, and you do you do a lot of creating uh, not just with your with your uh, online streaming, but you do a lot of uh, photography work and and modeling work is your now is your wife, your photographer or do you have a photographer or.
1: My husband. Oh, your husband. Um, i very so sorry. It's okay. Um, We're still we're still working on that together, too. So it's totally okay. Gotcha. Um. No, my my husband sometimes will take some of the photography. Um, a lot of the time, what I'll do is I'll, I'll teach them how to pose and angle the camera so that it lines up with the angle that's necessary for the model. Uh, and then I'll put myself in the position. We'll do a test phone. I'll be like, OK, this is where you know this needs to be. Um, so they've actually been learning how to do that as well. And it, that's been an adventure. Um, most of it, though, is done by myself or them. Uh, and then we do have a friend of ours with I think she's done two shoots um we were just messing around um hanging out while we had the which this one of the shoots was before the pantene um but she had taken a couple and she's very very talented um her the way that she sees colors in the image before she takes the photo um is really really talented for somebody having no official training like she's not she doesn't have a degree in it. She didn't go to school yeah. for it. Like she just, she sees artistically. So it's always fascinating to see the pictures that come from her because they're super colorful.
0: That does not surprise me at all. And big shout out to your friend, whoever your, your photographer in- friend her is. Her name is incognoodle.
1: Um okay. Incognoodle, okay.
0: I because I, my, my wife and I uh, we, we own a, a portrait business here in, uh, in Michigan and so we, we mm-hmm. both went to school for, to, for, uh, for photography and one thing that our instructor told us is he said that I can teach you technique and I can teach you to perfect technique but I can't give you the vision. yep and it's so true. Yeah. it's so true. I mean you you'll get somebody just off the street mm-hmm. that, that takes the most amazing photos because their brain just sees it. And and that's incredible.
1: You know, what's cool about that, though, is the way that you said that is it, it kind of goes back to to tying into your question from a moment ago with my process and like how I how I handle that dark aspects of things and like the way that people see the world differs so much from person to person. And we don't stop to take the time to think about the way that that other person may be seeing things. And art is such an amazing way for people to show how they see, you know, and you do get artists who are better at, uh, you know, at watercolor. You get people who can sculpt amazingly, but they're not quite so great with the, you know, with the 2D stuff and so on and so forth. But if you give... 10 different artists of various different styles and a cosplayer and a seamstress and like a handful of other creation points, you won't see the same thing come out of every single one of those people.
0: Which is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what makes it so cool is we have an opportunity to see the things that they see and why, or for them to at least take the time to say, Hey, this is why I see this thing, you know, in this specific color of this style. And I think sometimes we don't acknowledge that often enough to understand that something is beautiful because that person made it that way.
0: Yeah. I think some of the some of the coolest artwork I've ever seen has been at comic conventions and some mm-hmm. of it is in the clothing. I mean, it's still one of my favorites is um, a lady who dressed up as a as a Dalek.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Only it wasn't it wasn't a Dalek suit. It was this gorgeous shimmery silver dress, but it had this big helix going around it I was like oh my god it's amazing and it was just such a a cool take on uh, on the on the design and uh, I don't know I I brought my youngest to to their first comic convention two years ago before everything shut down and now they are so obsessed with cosplay and and learning how to do this and that and I'm learning how to sew so that I can sew dresses and all of this (laughs) The other thing. So they're none of them are very good yet, but uh, hopefully
1: practice makes permanent.
0: Practice right. makes permanent. That's right. That's right. Well, is your is your husband sitting right next to you?
1: Oh uh, yeah, they're they're right here.
0: Oh okay. I was gonna say they could they could say hi too. Hey, <laughs> do you want to
1: come say hi? Yes. Oh okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was expecting to get turned down on that.
1: <laughs> well, I think they because they looked at their phone, looked at me, and went so. <laughs>
0: Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Oh, they how can't, are they you? can't hear me, can they? I've got.
2: I've got you. Yeah, I, gotcha. I can hear you now.
0: Okay. I'm Jay. It's good to meet you.
2: Nice to meet you as well. Yes,
0: yes. So you two run the farm by yourselves?
2: We do. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. How many animals do you guys have out there, or, or what types of animals?
1: Yeah. Uh, She's got like fifty chickens now. Well,
0: do you I'm have any emus?
1: Okay, so let us tell you a story about ostrich and
0: emus. I want one.
1: <laughs> so when I was a kid and I was in second grade, I t- I took the principal's phone book from the principal's office and borrowed their phone saying I was going to call my mom for something so that I could call an ostrich farm like two cities away and convince them to sell me an ostrich. And then I went home to my grandma and I was like, Grandma... I want an ostrich and she's like what and wholesale this woman was about to drive two cities over to get me an ostrich we settled on a puppy
0: but I was I was
1: in for the ostrich
0: it's not a bad compromise when you're when you're young but uh, no I I just think they're so cool
1: well so as an adult uh, uh, Ellis has gotten to a point where they have started attempting to look for an ostrich (laughs)
0: You know what? Like, I, I can actually connect you if you'd like. I my uh, I have a friend that owns uh, Emerald Coast Zoo in in Florida, oh. and he has lots of ostr- ostriches and emus. But uh,
2: ostriches Aww. are
0: a little on the big side for me. Emus, that's kind of like <laughs> right in the I middle, where it. it's still a little bit scary, but
1: <laughs> still cute. Still burp.
0: Yes, yes. Have you have you seen the video where um, it's it's Karen the emu?
1: I don't think I've seen that one.
0: Oh my god, I'm gonna to have to share it with Often. you. You too, will love it. It's amazing. <laughs> so Oh cool. So it's Ellis, right? Yes. Okay. It was really, really good to meet you, Ellis. I'm I'm sorry to drag you in, but I, I kept seeing Autumn look over to the side there, so I figured you were sitting over there.
2: <laughs> no, I'm just sitting over there. I, I managed to download one of my uh my favorite games from when I was like this tall on my phone on an emulator. So I've been like this for the past like thirty minutes. <laughs> 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 I'm an adult. It's fine. <laughs> okay.
0: What game is it? Uh,
2: Tomba Two: The Evil Swine Returns. It was like this janky little game for PlayStation One that had like Lego graphics, but I loved it. So
0: <laughs> Lego graphics are back in now. I think that's.
2: They are. There's a
1: lot of horror emulators coming for Game Boy of like any developers like, like the 8-bit eight style, horror. and they're yeah. really good. Like, oh, and cool. I, they can't be as complicated to make as something in like Unreal, but mm-hmm. like they're really good games coming out for them it's
0: weird well i'm always shocked when i look in look in my son's room and and he's he's uh 20 and they they play a lot of games on the pc but they're all they're they're not they're not what i would expect you know it's 2021 i would expect hyper realism but Mm -hmm. they're all like you know the binding of isaac type thing where it's just really really simple stuff and it's just it's really popular it seems like mm-hmm. so.
1: well and even i mean even if you look at the the like five nights at freddy's series right mm-hmm. they started out with a very basic map based point and click with jump scares mm-hmm. and then from there it developed into i mean now we're getting security breach here shortly franchise. so like there's a full franchise involved so something so simple as this point and click you know spook- spooky like pop-up kind of style game we get all of this and now we're kind of watching it grow with their fan base. Um, And, you know, developers come out of that fan base that started there and wanted to make games. And now they're making stuff that we would see as, is like retro, not really, but
2: I would almost argue that like, we yes, graphics are important, but like in the vein of like Five Nights at Freddy's and things like that. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming back to storytelling being important again in games where like it kind of dropped off for a little bit. Like the final uh, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's series has like Final Fantasy level lore depth. At this it's this
1: pretty it's pretty lengthy.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, when but, I, when I was young, I I don't think because I I had a a Sega when I was a kid, and so yeah. I had uh, you know Sonic the Hedgehog and Mortal Kombat, and there really wasn't much storytelling going on with those, Mm-mm. and so that that really started changing when I when I discovered Final Fantasy, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, and and then and now I I don't really game a whole lot anymore, just my just my kids, but it's it's cool because my son will always come out and he'll tell me the the storyline. In the the background behind characters that are in a game and I'm like, how do you know so much about that, about everything <laughs> which is uh, it's pretty amazing
2: mm-hmm. um, yeah
0: but I got I got way off track there with asking about video games I, I apologize I, w- I was gonna no. ask the, the two of you how does it feel to to create together you know because you you work together on on the farm on, on stuff which is a whole mm-hmm. different ball game but when you're making art together, you know,
2: I would say it's just really natural at this point. Um, I've known her for such a long time, and we've done everything from conventions to writing stories to X Y Z. Like it just it feels natural at this point. Um, naturally, we have some mediums that we like more than others, or some costumes that we like more than others. But it's it's definitely not any kind of struggle to sit down and create content with each other but we've known each other for Math. Dial-up tone. Uh, right. Like 13 or 14 years now. No, 14 years, because Sarah Guerrero's thing popped up with 14 years. So I've known her for 14 years now. And it's when you know somebody for that long and you've stayed friends and then ultimately gotten together for that long, it's just, it's another half of you and it's a lot easier than it would be with somebody else.
1: Everything is organic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. God, that's mm-hmm. so cool. And it, it it reminds me so much of my wife and i you know we've we've worked together at the photography business for so long and people used to say that we're going to drive each other crazy and we're going to hate each other and i'm like no there's something that just really works about us the way mm-hmm. our minds work and i think that's just a special connection when you get somebody like that
1: 100% especially cuz you kind of know it makes you feel funny and kind of out of place because you hear about all these like, well, we, you know, we fight and, and you guys are going to hate each other if you stand by each other all the time and you're never around. Like, no, because it's a it's a partnership. That's, you're not in prison with them. Like, damn. Those
2: are the same people that say, oh, well, your life's over once you get married. Like, that's yeah. the stupidest take I've ever heard in my life. That's not yeah. how it should. That shit's
0: just begun. <laughs> no. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, you're, you're totally right about that. Well, so, you know, do you you? Well probably not right now with a with the conventions, but do you plan on uh, teaming up and doing a lot of conventions once they open back up or are you going to kind of chill out?
1: I mean, more than likely, we'll probably go back to to doing, you know, a few here and there the same way that we were before. Um, we always like to do them anyway. I, it, took, it took Ellis, I guess, kind of being involved over the last several years with conventions with me to make me step back and realize I hated being stuck at booths. Mm. I hated, you know, just not being able to go around and walk around and talk to people in costume and hang out and, and just be me. Um, you know, there's a lot of cosplayers or costumers or, you know, people that just get stuck at a booth all day. And that, that wasn't my vibe. I like to do panels and like entertain people and you know, that was my vibe, but, um, we started going more heavily just for our own enjoyment and to to see people and and friends
2: I would say too, it's the, the Patricia going on currently has taught us a lot about ourselves because yeah. having done cons for so long, right before the pandemic began, we were kind of at this point where we're like, oh, we're kind of burnt out. Like, are we, are we even going this year? What are we doing? And now that this has been going on for a year, it's like, please let me be where the people let are. Me in! I want, let me in. I really want to go back. Please.
0: <laughs> uh, and I'm, super duper introverted out in in real life but the funny thing is is i love doing conventions i, mm-hmm. I love going and just talking to people there's one day i i set up and i i did interviews with like six different authors just all day and it's like man i i just hear the coolest stories when you actually get to sit down and talk to people and then mm-hmm. and then all of this you know i used to host uh, host shows at our local library here on, on in their auditorium and everything got canceled moved to zoom of course mm-hmm. which is the safe smart thing to do, but yeah, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm ready to actually see people in real life again. (laughs) For sure. Um, no, so I I do want to ask you about something and I'm, I'm sure you knew this would have to come up. So scrolling through Instagram on your Instagram, tons of amazing, uh, workout pictures and videos. And then every once in a while, it's just like, bam, but. Right? Right there in the picture. So, and I'm just like, holy shit, that's more butt than I've ever seen on Instagram before. That's and, an and, entire
2: and, galaxy.
0: And and I'm, I'm, I'm not on your only fans because I, I, that's the, I, I make sure that I don't get on only fans for people I'm going to be interviewing because I, I feel like that might be, that might be funny, but, um, but you, you post some, you know, sexy pics as well. Mm-hmm. It is, is that kind of another way to, to supplement income that, that's working or?
1: I, I just do everything. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been doing boudoir and and um, artistic style modeling since, I mean, literally since I was 18. Like mm-hmm. I don't, um, I don't hit, I think a lot of people, they, they hear the word only fans and they immediately think that it's strictly triple X. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case always there, there are a lot of people that do use it. I mean, Ellis uses it for, you know, for their content and that's the style of things that they chose. I think people don't, they see the sexy pictures and they immediately think like that ties in somehow. But a lot of what I post for like costume purposes or even just anyway is intended for me to be kind of a creative outlet for, to make things look pretty, I guess is the simplest way I can put it. Like I like to make, pretty pieces and to entertain in that aspect visually. Um, but the only, the only thing I really do that I would say is probably like tilted to the erotic side besides writing um, is like sometimes I'll do like NSFW pieces just to keep my mind busy because mm-hmm. I think the female form and the male form and, you know, everything all together just stuff's pretty and you can make yeah. pretty things out of that. So I like to draw. I like to write. Um, you know, and then I also do narration pieces for that as well. Um, so like the photos are just one aspect of like a long list of of various styles of things that you know I do. Um, my brain is so ADHD based that I have to. Fo- what was it? Follow follow the dopamine. Follow the
2: dopamine. Follow the dopamine. Oh, <laughs> Why like do you do that. this
1: thing? Follow the dopamine. <laughs> so my brain decides what I'm into. <clears throat> And that can literally change hour to hour. So having the ability to to go out and be like, I feel fucking pretty and like go outside and take some photos and just, you know, vibe with that. And then followed have,
2: shortly by I'm going to build a fucking fence. Like, it's like,
1: <laughs> no, that, that literally happened. That literally happened one day is like, I think I had finished taking photos and editing them like the day before. And I was like, I'm really proud of these. Yeah, I'm excited to post them. These are cool. I hope people like them. I hope they like it. I'm gonna build a fence.
2: And now we have a fenced in area for our dogs. Yeah, and like I went and
1: I bought everything that morning and then I had it built in like two hours. And I like when the fence was done, I was like, All right, cool, I'm hungry.
0: What and you discovered a solution that not all ADHD people have discovered yet, and it, something that I've discovered as well is: is you have multiple channels open, like mm-hmm. different pro or uh, projects options. Like mm-hmm. I've got the sewing machine, I've got the book, yep. I've got the backyard chicken coop, I've got this or this, and yep. depending on how I'm feeling, you go to one of those, and mm-hmm. and uh, oh, that's fun. That's fun. That
1: can, fun. you know, what's funny, and I've noticed, which this is me personally. I don't know if you relate to it, but like for me, it affects my whole mental mindset. Like if I don't follow that, or if there's a specific thing that I know I kind of want to do, but I'm not, I don't communicate appropriately with them. For example, I put myself in a position to decline on, on a a mental, um, mental brain bug level, we'll say. And I just, I nosedive. And then I spend, you know, five hours staring at the ceiling, wondering why I nosedived when in all reality, it's literally because the my brain was like, I want to do this. And then adult part of the brain was like, bro, we ain't got time for that shit. Like, sure, but I'm busy right now. So we're going to just compartmentalize and move on. And artistic brain's like, so is that that a guess? And I'm like, no brain. And it's like, now? So I think having outlets, like you said, to all these various creativity points can be useful when they are managed in timeline appropriately, you know, like there's a difference between giving into it and ego and like picking one or the other or saying like, I'm going to go all ego for this one. Like, I'm just going to do this thing and neglect all of these other things I have to do. There's a balance aspect to it too, I think. And that's, that's something I'm still very much learning.
0: Yeah. You're doing better no, though. For sure. You know, and I'll, I'll find myself, uh, yeah, pretty much every day I'll be super productive until, you know, one in the afternoon or, or so, and then I'll find myself in the kitchen and I'm just staring, <laughs> staring blankly at a, at a wall. And I'm like, what happened? I'm You, you <laughs>
1: become the Sims. You're
0: yeah. like, yep. Yeah. <gasps> yep. Yep. Not good. Not good. Well, I think that the um, the gamers and cosplayers would, would probably kill me if I didn't ask you about this. So you play a lot of games, do a lot mm-hmm. of cosplaying. What mm-hmm. are some of, I don't want you to name your favorite because I know that's usually impossible, but, what are some of your favorite games to play, or or favorite cosplays?
1: Uh, I was going to say, if you ask me about cosplays, I do da- Dante will always be the favorite one that I spout off. Dante? Like, yeah, uh, Devil May Cry, Dante.
0: Oh, um, okay.
1: that's that's one of my favorite costumes I've ever done, and it's because it's like slipping on something familiar. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever talked to cosplayers. I'm sure some of them feel this way, or maybe they just don't talk about feeling that way. But, like, there's something so important. I, I like to cosplay characters that I find a connection with because that's where I find what I do as being important to me. Like, I'm doing it for for the passion aspect, which, you know, if you want to cosplay for popularity or that's your bag, like, do your thing, more power to you. I just personally like to do it with characters that feels like, putting on an old glove in the middle of winter and knowing that they're gonna keep you warm. Like it's just it's it's easy. And Dante's always been a character where I, I put that on and I immediately can slip into like that vibe, that mindset. I'm just, you know, it's it's a good, comfortable place for me. My young
0: um, just like that. Yeah. Just like that. And they've they've they haven't used your words. You know, they're only they're only 12, but said very, very similar things to me. So that's, that's interesting that it's maybe a common vein kind of thing. Yeah.
1: That's a good vibe. And, and that's from an artistic perspective too, like for actors in particular, that's, that is, that's good vibe for, for voice actors and regular actors is having that mindset, especially at your, your 12 year old age, like they, they go, they're going to do some, some amazing stuff. (laughs) Um, but in terms of like favorite games, um, I mean, I I do have a lot of those. Fran Bow um, will always be or Fran Bo, depending on how you pronounce it, um, was a very like abrupt favorite that I I played it as much and as often as I could, like nonstop until I beat the game. And when I beat the game, I was like, I was I was so sad that I knew it was over. But it spoke to me to a point where I was like, this ride was insane, and I respect the 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 writer for going here with this game. I don't want to spoil the ending, but the ending is very, the ending I got in particular, I don't think there's more than one, but my ending and when I got to it, I like, I had to like step away because pretty, I'm pretty i pretty sure I was streaming. And I, I'm 99% sure I had to step away for a second because I, I was in tears.
2: She was streaming and she she kind of looked at me and she had it together a, l- a little, mostly, like enough that you couldn't see it. She, like, she oh, had, I'm in fine. fact, not had Thank it together. You so much, you know, uh, you can find me here and blah, 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 and ended her stream. And then she just turned and looked at me and she just started bawling because it's, oh it's one gosh. of those games that like the writing is incredible but it is very much based around like trauma and mental health and it's, oh yeah it hits really hard It like, it is it
1: is not it's no holds barred and it they tell it from a child's point of view so everything that you're dealing with you're dealing with in the mindset of a child of a little girl is and she, like
2: five or six? Oh no
1: she's older than that how
2: old is she um
1: i'm pretty sure she was supposed to be like Eleven or something. Oh. Yeah, she's a little she's older. Still really young. But anyway, she's still a child. Like this is still about a kid, and they, you know, she dealt with this traumatic experience, and you know, they, it's basically her story of like seeing things in this magical kind of point of view, and and dealing with these events that are coming at her. And what you're not realizing while you're playing the game the first time around is what she's dealing with is is real life situations that she is seeing through the point of view of a kid. So you're seeing it as magical and fantastical and and you know sometimes kind of scary, but when you go back and you replay it and you think about it from that separated perspective, knowing what happens throughout the game and knowing what these things actually mean for this character, they hurt bad and so I would say out of a favorite game that that still stands as one of the strongest um obviously I like
0: really dark
1: huh? it it is really dark <laughs> i would what I would say is. Go in knowing that there are going to be trigger points. So if you are, I don't want to phrase it this way, but I don't know how to say it appropriately. If you're trigger sensitive or you have things that maybe are like abrupt, I would not recommend playing it if you are in a bad state of mind without knowing and going in knowing that you're going to see things kind of happen and your brain and maybe kind of get tickled a little and say, hey, why is this familiar? Um, because it happened to me a lot more than I'd like to admit playing the game even. And it it's, for being such a fantastic situation for this character, there are still some real-life real, real life tie-ins that you may relate to that can be really hard to get through. But it is a fantastic game, and it is worth the playthrough.
0: Can you say the name again?
1: Uh, it's, it's called Fran Bow F-R-A-N-B-O-W. Um, it's available on Steam. I believe Kill Monday Games was the developer. They are amazing. They did another game called Little Misfortune that I... Unfortunately, I have not had the pleasure to play, okay. um, but they they're really good good development okay. team.
0: I will. Uh, I'm going to ask my my kids if they've played any of those. It sounds really in, intense, and mm-hmm. I know I've caught my my youngest crying mm-hmm. after uh, Danganronpa at one point. I was like, Oh yeah, happening over <laughs> oh. here. I don't know that... what's going
1: on. <laughs> Ropa can oh, get yeah. really.
2: I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he's not the only one. I've heard of that <laughs> being a tearjerker before.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's that's the uh, the first uh, cosplay I made for them was a, uh, a, a sage green dress for for one of the characters. It has mm-hmm. a big red bow on it. I can't, yeah. remember their, can't remember their name, Nona or Nonia or something. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, yeah. But no, it's it's cool and it, and it's fun because I think that you know and and i'm not into gaming so i'm unfortunately not plugged into into that world but it it's fun to kind of get lost in something like that and i feel like it's the same with with me and books i'll just i'll read fiction all day every day and completely detach from the the world and and not in a healthy way i'll just be gone yeah. <laughs> But uh, sometimes
1: we need that that disconnect, though, to like reconnect with the reality in the moment, especially when we go so hard on ourselves so constantly that we forget to take those mental breaks and literally just check out for a little while, Um, you know, and and not to like not to grab the steering wheel, but I just had a thought. And if I don't say it, I'm going to forget it when you're when you're working with horses. You're, you will see moments where they're super into it. They're on the ball. They know what they're doing. And this could be a horse that you're just starting to train or that knows knows their job and they're great at it. But you will see the way that a horse will check out and just completely disconnect. They'll still do the function and they'll still perform the action you're asking them to do. But nobody's home. They don't they they're somewhere else in a field. Um, And it's very interesting the things that you will learn from a horse, for example, where if you check out and you're in the middle of doing something with them, they know you checked out and they will look at you and they will judge you accordingly for the fact that you checked out, but they're not allowed to. (laughs) (laughs) or they'll check out with you i had a horse you know um my my horse voss he him and i'll get going and we'll be super into something and then i'll have a bad day and i'll go out and ride and he already knows it's a bad day you know because that's there's a, a connection piece there where you have to be honest with this animal they're they're prey animals they're herd animals you know they have a tendency to mirror um the the body language and and f- frame of mind that their herd is is going on and you are a part of their herd. So, you know, if I, if I get on him and we're hanging out, we'll both check out. And you can tell when we're both checked out because we're doing what we're supposed to do, but we are not there doing it. We're over there. So oh, breaks are good not- or what I'm saying. Sorry.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I I love it that you went to the horses. That's a, that's like, that's a classic squirrel moment where you go off in a different direction, but you're still getting to the to what you were trying to say. I, There's I, a point, I promise. I, I'm a big fan of that kind of action, uh, and I and I have to say, I I know that you do panels and lots of streaming, and you you do your events, but I really think that you could do more with public speaking and be very yeah. successful at it, and and really make a difference, and and take that how you will, but. Um, you are a brilliant public speaker, uh, but thank you. I, I want to bring something up here. Mm-hmm. And it's this was a another podcaster that uh, a friend of mine recently told me about. And I'm not a friend of this person or I'm, I'm not a fan of this person. So I'm not going to say who it is. You might mm-hmm. be able to infer who it is. Um, this is a big bodybuilding um, podcaster who's loves loves Joe Rogan. Loves to get on his show and, and talk about how you grind and grind and grind. And even when you feel like you can't do it, you just keep grinding and grinding and grinding. And and listening to you, you know, and I will be honest, before I got on here, even after watching all your, your videos, I was wondering what kind of attitude you would have towards being kind to yourself. Um, because I know some people that are really into... <sighs> embracing the physicality of yourself maybe not so much in being kind to yourself mentally and it's been really nice to hear you say things like taking a break is important and, and being mm-hmm. kind to yourself because i really think it is and and it's just it's nice i guess like i said i was i was a little bit nervous cuz mm-hmm. i you know you are you are a bodybuilder and even even at my fittest 10 years mm-hmm. ago i wasn't nearly as as jacked as you <laughs> um, and I really admire that, but so it's just, it's nice that you don't have the quote unquote typical bodybuilder attitude, which is probably a shit thing to say too. Cause I don't know.
1: It's, it's, it is difficult and it is not the way that you're wording that I, I would not put to blame. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's your fault necessarily because it, it is a stigma for bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. The, the push it mentality of you get in and you just deal with it and that's your fucking day. Like that is a mentality and and you know not every single bodybuilder has that attitude no not not everybody does because they understand the stress that they put their body through every day um respectfully normal people don't there's and i say normal people more broadly because there's there's not people who dedicate two hours a day to working out you know you you guys go you take your dogs for walks and and you do what you know is it within the means to do and that's fantastic because that all counts specifically for people who choose a bodybuilding lifestyle though it can be seen that way it can seem like a never-ending rpg grind where we just get up we pick up our broadsword we go beat some ass and then we go to bed like that's you know um so so it's i get it i get why you're saying it that way i do um as far as my
0: intimidating for me that's all and mm -hmm. you said and i I, yeah. I have no right to throw stones at bodybuilders because it, it's kind of partly a job too, yeah, um, you know, you know, doing that. But, you know, it just, it, it does, it, it intimidates me because I know that I don't have that kind of drive. And I think that's why I, I feel that way. So, yeah.
1: you, you know, what's nice though, and I think people don't give themselves enough credit to think about this, is that maybe you don't have the drive to pick up super, super heavy things and put them back down for two hours a day. But you do have the drive to do other things that are just as amazing and just as important, because those are the things that mean something to you. So, no, maybe you don't have the motivation to do those things. And I don't think anybody should put themselves down for not having that motivation. I've had this discussion with a few other people that are like, wow, I wish I, I wish I was as motivated as you. I'm not even that motivated. I started doing what I, I am doing now because I was not in a good place mentally and I needed something to hold on to. And if that meant physically picking up something that I could barely lift and setting it back down a few times to remember how to breathe, then I was going to do that. And I did. It's, it's, you know, some people do yoga, some people lift weights, and some people just go into a room and sit down and read a book and that is their meditation. And it all matters no matter what. And, you know, for example, you you taking your dog out for a walk like you may look at a bodybuilder be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not motivated enough to get there. Maybe not. And that's okay. But you have other motivations. You're making your dog happy. You guys are chilling and hanging out and going for a walk. And that matters, too. That's your motivation. So one thing I like to press people about with that kind of mentality is make it less about the motivation. Remember that all of these people have had to build and learn consistency to get to where they are, as well as balancing tons of other life events, just like anybody else does. But the thing to remember most is that just because they're doing that thing doesn't mean that you need to compare yourself to them in any way, shape or form and follow their exact plan. No two bodies are ever gonna be exactly alike with the way that they react to things.
0: And we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people, right? Anyway, no. I mean, in general, yeah. <laughs> we yep. shouldn't be doing that because we don't have any idea what the other person is struggling with. You know, we all no. have our internal biases. And like no. I said, that was kind of a shit thing for me to say. But it's it's something that's in there and in my brain. And mm-hmm. and I want it out of there. But I, I've got to say, honestly, Alice, amazing public speaker, right?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I yes. mean, after
0: that just speech, speech I just gave <laughs>
2: Just off the cuff, I have tried to tell her this before too.
0: <clears throat> Phenomenal! I would, I would love to interview at you at a convention sometime. You would be fantastic. Um, no, I, I have you, you. may not want to do this, and you don't have to. I just think it'd be kind of fun because I listened to your some of your, some of your voice reels. Could mm-hmm. you give us a? Could you give us a character voice? I, I mean, I can. What do you? What do you want? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. Just something fun.
2: You might as well do it. I want to do my favorite. Oh God, that's not what I was talking about. But okay, I don't know again. God damn it! She, she, <laughs> he, it he hates this one. <clears throat> <clears throat>
1: oh, you smell like the inside of my mama's purse. No,
2: no, no. Ellis hates it. It's <laughs> <Least> my favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i love doing it on stream because people will come in who don't know that i have done it and i'll start and everybody in the chat will already know and you'll see them start laughing
2: ahead of time
0: oh my god yeah that's uh, nope it's horrible i
2: know (laughs) somebody in the chat i'm new here well well, let
0: me tell you a
1: story so which it, it kills me vocally like it's it it puts a lot of stress vocally but it's still fun to do um uh, you know, I get people, I think, on TikTok pretty often because apparently I got I got labeled on an imager. Somebody shared my video from TikTok to imager and everybody thought that I was Russian. Even though the accent is is very off, it follows more Zarya's style. So it's like Americanized Russian. But I know like, which
0: one you were talking about too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that got shared and then everybody thought I was actually Russian. And so we went through this entire bout where I was like, Stay motivated, I guess. Okay, I got to go. <laughs> um, but it's funny. You can do
0: anything you put your you mind. You can do
2: up. anything you put your mind.
1: Um,
0: uh, I thought you were I, Russian, too, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, oh. you pair that, pair that voice with, with your looks. and I was like, oh, yeah.
1: I guess that you, makes sense. You're Russian.
0: But then I listened to your other stuff. I was like, nope. Oh, yep. That was just a gag.
1: <laughs> no, no. Um, what's, what's another one? What's the one that I used to do that made Ryan mad? southern Bell. i oh, know <laughs> oh my you see i was out there in the fields and to be honest with you oh wow, i got a little good. lost but um well i was wondering if you you know aren't too busy mr beauregard i sure would <laughs> like a hand
0: oh my lord uh, you are good at that and i i can totally see that do you do any uh audio books or are you mostly video games
1: I, you know, I do, I do everything. Um, I have, so Our Lady of the Inferno, um, is, <laughs> they said they'll be back. I think they're checking, the check, chickens. um, but they, uh, Uh, Our Lady of the Inferno is, is being done by, um, was done by Fangoria and it's being produced into an audio novel. So that is something that I play a character in, um, the book, if you guys, you know, want to check out the book, it's Preston Facell is the name of the author. He's he's an amazing person. Um, but, uh, oh God, I, I'm blanking the names, Doug Bradley and Barbara Crampton both do voices in that as well. Okay. Um, yep. So that was pretty cool. Um, I've done video Mm -hmm. game mods. Um, I did an animation. There's another upcoming project that I am super excited to talk about and I'm just waiting very not patiently. Um, But that's an important thing that I'm stoked about. And anybody who's paid attention to my socials will probably already have picked up on it, but um, I'm excited to actually be able to announce it. And the way that I want to announce it is like, I just hope it's going to be cool. We'll see. I'm I'm waiting. But yeah, I, I do. I do a little of everything from the from the vocal point. Um, I do. I do very much like doing the erotic pieces as like an ASMR aspect as well. Yeah. There's just something really soothing about it. Um, and audio wise, I like to make things sound calm or pretty or you yeah. know incite certain emotions because it takes a lot of it takes a lot of ability to make someone feel an emotion from the way that you're speaking. Yes. Um, and you've got to pay attention to that. And there's something visually seeing somebody act out a scene right like you're going to be drawn into the fact because they're in movement and the human eye is going to track that immediately but being able to do that with your voice and move someone is it's a special skill yeah that's some shit because there's actors that can't
0: do that oh yeah for sure well i'll have to uh Maybe, maybe I'll reach out to you about that. I actually have a series of uh they're they're kind of erotic fairy tales uh, that I'm that I'm writing. It's a whole series okay. and uh, that might be kind of kind of fun to reach out and see if you felt like being a part of that. That might be sure. That might be good. Well, we're we're kind of at the at the end of our, our time here, and I and I haven't even asked you to to plug anything you want to plug. So talk about your stuff that you want people to go check out.
1: Uh so because I do so much, um you can <laughs> Like I have a, I have a link tree available. Um, a little it's, link
0: tree. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's going to be your best bet. Cause you'll find almost everything there. So the clothes okay. that I, you know, that I, I do ambassadorship for, I'm not sponsored by them, by the way. I think people were under the impression I'm sponsored. I'm, I'm technically an ambassador. I don't, I don't talk about things that I don't actually use or enjoy myself. Okay. <laughs> so okay. that stuff's all up there, but, um, Yeah, my link tree is linktr.ee slash xxautomivyxx. So you can find my Insta there, my Twitter, everything. In terms of upcoming uh, projects, we're releasing issue four of Widow's Web, which is my co-written, co-created comic book. Um, After, what, four years now? It's finally made a return? Longer than that. Goddamn. It's closer to six. Anyway, quite some time ago, (laughs) we did one through three, and we're finally able to see it to its end. So um, some special editions will be released Least, um, I believe you can email Raven. I have some posters up for that. Um, if you'd like to order the new or the old, um, I'm also doing Our Lady of the Inferno should be re- released here shortly as well. If you guys would like to listen to the audio portion of that, um, I play w- the annoying sister, and you'll see what I mean soon. Um, and then on top of that, I will plug it. I won't say why, but I will plug it. Uh, there's a really cool game coming out that is already on Steam (laughs) that you should wishlist for some reason uh, called DreadX The Hunt. Um, And that is actually done by um, the, I think it's Dread underscore XP is their their Twitter, but you guys should wishlist that. It's gonna be (laughs) good. uh... Why'd she get in trouble? I don't know.
0: I'm going to, uh, I, if you look at the side of your screen, there's a little private chat over there. I'm, oh. I'm sending you something, and you'll know exactly what voice to do it And I feel like it's a good way to close out the show. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> everybody i'm autumn ivy this is skeletons underscore twin or ellis uh who is my husband thank you very much for having me on as well it was a pleasure to speak with you and the last thing that i would like to say to everybody out there is believe in yourself keep kicking ass and you got a real
2: pretty mouth (laughs)
0: fantastic thank you so much autumn thanks everybody out there for listening or watching we'll be back in another (laughs) week till then stay safe and stay strong